Here we go, guys. Welcome back. Clocks on the stove. College football week seven, episode one hundred and six, with myself, usual host Grayson Fisher, with me, one and only, the beautiful Zachary Watts. Yeah, I feel like um, wearing a big gray shirt vibe was not planned, but I'm not against it. Um, not at all. Our picks last week did not do too well. They did not do the best of our picks. They didn't do terrible, but they were. They were okay, but Oklahoma won, and we called that. So there's a good pick. This week's games, they're not amazing. They're not great, but they're games, and we're going to watch them because we are college football fans. Our first game actually comes to us from Seattle, Washington, with our college game day. The number eight Oregon Ducks traveling to the number seven Washington Huskies. This game is 3.30, I believe, on uh, ABC, on ABC. Washington coming in at a minus three favorite. First thing you look at when you look at this game, Zach, is you look at the battle of the quarterbacks, both of them being talked about as Heisman candidates. Our personal number one Heisman person for clocks was actually Michael Penix Jr. Hmm. Um, and Bo Nix is looking like a different version of Bo Nix than we've seen in Auburn. Could it be the it, it could it be the increase in better coaching and better play from Bo Nix? Could it also be a shittier conference? Probably yes to both. Bo Nix is 131 for 163 with almost 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns, and one pick on the year. And Michael Penix, dude, 133 for 178, basically 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns on two picks. He's looking electric. Washington's putting up crazy points per game. I mean, they're passing for 446 yards a game. That is Ooh. absurd. That is absurd. Both these teams are on a tear. I mean, from Oregon's, Oregon's last five, 81, 38, 55, 42, 42, Washington, 56, 43, 41, 59, 31. Like, they are just scoring and slinging the rock. When I look at Washington, obviously, we look at Michael Penix. He's the number one guy. He's he's the guy. But also, dude, we, don't forget, his receiving core is nasty. You got Adunes, Ad- I'm going to pronounce these wrong, Adunes, Polk, McMillan, Bernard, dude. They all have 32, 26, 20, 17 receptions. We're talking four, 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 three, one touchdowns. They are everyone's getting the rock. Their tight end Westover has four touchdowns on hundred on thirteen receptions for one hundred twenty five yards. Literally, there's like fifty people on here that have caught a pass. They move the ball. Their defense is not horrible. It's not spectacular. We haven't seen it be truly tested yet. But Oregon, you look at Dan Lanning's the head coach. He is a defensive mastermind. He was the defensive coordinator at Georgia when they had their their reign of terror. You could call it. I think that. I'm not going to get my pick yet, but I do think defensive – I'm looking – I'm favoring the Washington offense more, but I'm favoring the Oregon defense more. Either way, this is going to be a very good game to see who's probably going to win the Pac-12, in my opinion. Zach, what do you think on this game? Yeah, I'm definitely in agreement with you on the fact that I am more inclined to believe in this Washington Husky offense, whereas you look at Oregon's defense, and, you know, supposedly led by Dan Lanning, the – previous Georgia Bulldog defensive coordinator um, and was supposed to bring this huge defensive scheme into the Pac-12. I know both these teams are moving into the Big Ten next year, which will be interesting to see because you're getting an early preview of that. Not like they've played in years past, but kind of the teams they'll have. Um, You are dealing with the number one and two offense right now in the country. Both these teams are on statistical heaters. Um, There's tons of similarities across the board for for both teams, uh, in all honesty. Um, I do think Washington relies a little bit more on the pass game, but that 
is because when you have a guy as good as Michael Penix, why would you not? I feel like that would be a waste of his talents. Whereas Oregon has a little bit more talent spread out across positions. You know, they can kind of mix it up. Um, my only thing is I'm not a Bonex believer. Unfortunately, wasn't a believer at Auburn. And suddenly when you leave the grind of an SEC schedule, life gets a little easier for you. Who would have thought? So not really a pro caliber quarterback, uh, in my opinion, but he will get drafted and then we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, regardless, looking how this is going to play out to me personally, I am still going to take the Huskies. Um, usually they tell you to go with your head over your heart because your brain's used for the logical decisions, but, uh, people tend to forget I am retarded. So, um, I have to go with my heart in this. So I am going to take the Huskies. Taking I just think or we're taking uh, minus, uh, minus three. The lines are what? Two and a half from what three. I saw three. Yeah. So it's well, ESPN three. is three. Yeah. Um, I would just go with the money line. It's the safest bet. Last time these two games, two teams played, uh, it was 37, 34, I believe. So it was really close. Um, and with two offenses such as these, you know, it's going to be a shootout. Like that's just how it is. I, I don't know what the over-unders at, but if it's anything, un- it's at 57. 67, 67. 67. Yeah, I'd still take the over, in my opinion. That's just what I'm thinking. Um, You know, you don't you don't have the two best offenses in the country and then roll out there on Saturday and you're like, hey, let's run the most boring offensive schemes and only punt the ball. Um, That's not going to happen, especially it's a game day. I don't think we've had a game day thus far that's like hit the under. If I'm not mistaken, probably you don't think Notre Dame, Notre Dame, uh, uh, Duke, they scored 21, 21, 14, 21, 14. That may be, an, that may have been an under game. That may have been an under game. Um, I'm going to also rock the same thing as you, Zach. Here's my thing. I, I, I am a little lenient on taking Washington only because this is their coach from Fresno state. He came over. Mike Penix came over with them. Mike Penix loved their relationship. Oregon, you got Dan Landon came over to get Bo Nix, right? So you got two guys that came with new coaches to new programs. Oregon as a school and as a football program, and even like looking at Dan Landing, they've won big games before. I haven't seen Washington win a quote-unquote big game yet. I haven't seen – I've seen Michael Penix win big games. I haven't seen Washington win like a quote-unquote big game yet. And I I don't know. It's just a little scary knowing they haven't done it before, so I'm betting on them to do it for the first time. But I just don't see uh, Bo Nix and Oregon going drive for drive with this team. Because Washington's going to be like, if you want to score, that's fine. We're just going to keep scoring too. Yeah. And I just don't see how they're going to stop it. I really don't. So I'm going to take the exact same thing, and I'm also going to take the over. Yeah. You know, I like your point about, you know, when you're scared – or you're kind of scared because they've never done it before. And, you know, Washington may come out a little slow. That that may be the case. Because I kind of look at it as, like, you, you're losing your virginity for the first time. You can't get him up at first. Yeah, He's a, yeah. a little scared. You're a little shy. But what, what, once you get there, once you get there, you're, it's there. Over. you're yeah. there. You're there. You walk with a little confidence behind you. you, you people are like, you look different. And they're like, oh, you got laid. That That's not <laughs> Did you get Michael. taller? Yeah, did you get taller? Your shoulders a little more back? Are you a Heisman candidate? Are you high right now? Do you ever get nervous? Our uh, next game. Yes, by the way, guys, we know we are missing out on a couple ranked games, and 
you know, a very kind of big one that you think, but uh, we just don't care those gate. Like we don't care about those teams um, at all. Like they're not even fun to talk about or watch. So we picked games that we think would be one more fun to watch and two about teams we actually give a shit about. Yeah. Um, so our next game is another three thirty game. This game's on the SEC network. We have the university of Florida Gators going to the university of South Southern uh, Cal Southern Carolina, South Carolina. I almost said Southern California. I couldn't get that out. South Carolina is coming in at a minus two favorite Zach, I'm going to let you start us off with this one. Yeah. So this was a business decision. Our other game that we had in mind was Texas A&M taking on. Tennessee. I don't even remember. Who was it? Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. Um, Considering we have one team in here that already beat Knoxville, um, that automatically checked them off. And then uh, when it comes to Texas A&M, I have a personal vendetta out for Jimbo Fisher. Um, So yeah, I, I would rather not speak about those two teams, nor do I care to. However, when I talk about the Florida Gators and South Carolina, I am presented with two unique opportunities. Number one, I get to say how much I dislike the University of Florida while also simultaneously giving their fans Mike McDonald um, or excuse me, Matt McDonald lad. The con lad. Yes. As our fantasy so rightfully has named him. Um, we get to somewhat give them false sense of hope. And for the University of South Carolina, I get to talk about Le Get Maust. Le um, Get Maust. Everyone loves a little Le Get Maust. Um, one of the best receivers in the country right now. Um, if it weren't for Keon Coleman, I'd probably be following this man's every actions heading up to the draft. But when I'm looking at this game right now, look, the biggest thing when it comes to the Florida Gators is I just think their offensive play calling is a bit bland. Um, I do think they have talents at certain positions. Um, I do think the quarterback position could use an upgrade, but given their cur current quarterback room, I don't think it can be upgraded right now. Um, I do think their defensive front seven is very promising. They're able to stay in a lot of games just because their defense can keep them there. The problem is when their offense ends up going three and out and punting the ball back to their own 40, you tend to have a harder time to stop teams. So, I think the biggest thing for Florida in this one is you have to dominate the line of scrimmage, especially against the super weak offensive front from South Carolina. We've seen it every game thus far. Spencer Rattler looks great when he's given time in the pocket. The problem is he never has time in the pocket. You shorten down his time for decision-making. You force him to make throws he wouldn't normally make. That's where you get turnovers. Turnovers win games. You've got to dominate at the line of scrimmage. That's first and foremost. When I look at South Carolina, the only way you get out of that is you need to just get the ball to get Miles because unfortunately he does not line up within the tackles. So no matter how bad your line's getting dominated, you get him the ball, stuff is probably going to happen in a lot of good ways. Florida side of things, don't let Graham Mertz kill you. Don't live and die by him. I know Billy Napier has some pretty boring play calling and it seems very, very bad at times, but stick to your boringness. Don't try to be who you're not. Don't walk outside with glasses and think you're going to turn into Superman. It ain't happening. I'm sorry, buddy. Like, it, it ain't going to happen, and it ain't going to happen for this Florida team anytime soon. So I am going to take Florida in this, though. Um, I don't know what the spread is. I'm, two. So Florida plus two? I'll take Florida money line, honestly. I could see them winning this game outright. Um, I know South Carolina has some pretty – ah, this game is in South Carolina, though. Mm -hmm. Don't care. South Carolina's a bunch of rude sandstorm. Derude sandstorm. Yes. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, Derude sandstorm uh, isn't going to help anyone. Um, 
Because just like Druid Sandstorm, it was popular back in 06, kind of around the time Steven Garcia was still slinging beers and the rock. And unfortunately, South Carolina is doing neither of those uh, this time around. So I, that's facts. Oh, my mama, give me Florida money line. Yeah, I'm also going to rock with Florida money line. Um, is, so we look at the, the most recent games. That's how I like to judge teams. South Carolina, Spencer Rattler, he looks very good when he has time. I, mean, I've, I don't know, for some reason, I've watched almost every South Carolina game this year. I'm not even like a South Carolina fan, but I just always watch them. Um, Spencer Rattler, this is how they run. Their first half is so good. They just run super fast routes. Spencer Rattler's releasing the ball in three seconds. They look great going up on Georgia by 11 and a half. Then their O-line can't do it for four quarters, and then he's just getting sacked for sack for sack. They can't develop a run game, and they get fucked. You look at, at Florida, Graham Mertz did not look bad against Kentucky. I think he only had like four incompletions. He didn't play that bad. The problem is when you get on 17-0 to zero in the second quarter, a team that is primarily a run team, it's very hard to just start airing that bitch out. What uh, They have a dominating run game with ETN Jr. and Johnson. Two great receivers, one on each side, Xavier Leggett. I think he leads the receptions and yards in the country as a receiver, and he leads something, he leads something else in the SEC as well. Ricky Pierce on the other end, dude. That, that kid's a monster. Slick he's, Rick, baby. Slick he's Rick. a dog. He had that one-handed catch. He's really good. The reason why I'm rocking with Florida in this game is Florida's defense is always going to be good. It doesn't matter if Zach and I are the coach. That's just the style of their fucking play. Okay? The other thing is, too, the old, like I just said, South Carolina cannot get a run game because their O-line can't hold. They can't block long enough. So they rely on fast. Ain't no DBs faster than Florida, brother. Florida and Florida State, like you're in the state of Florida, you got fast fucking DBs. And the front seven of Florida is just going to stack the box and just bully that D- that O-line. It's going to be a close first half, but Florida's going to pull it away in the second. Yeah, I completely agree. I wouldn't the only be... thing I will say, though, sorry to interrupt you, Zach. Florida is 1-16 in, in their last 17 games not played in the Swamp. Yeah, Billy Napier might be deported. Um, I don't know what state he's from, but he may have to head back to it. And then get sent to some other country. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I agree. I'll end this on the statement. I agree. South Carolina is probably going to be the better team in the first half, but they ain't built for full quarters. They're like the Michael Chandler of college football. It's just first two quarters, greatest football you've ever seen in your life. And then the third and fourth, you're like, ah, shit. Hey, this guy's guy not dead yet. Yeah, he's he's going to die. But Unfortunately, you play four quarters in this and you can't win by knockout. There is no 21 skunk in NCAA, unfortunately. Our next game, we have number 10. This game is at 730 on NBC with number 10, USC, traveling to number 21, the good old Catholic boys at Notre Dame. USC 6-0, Notre Dame 5-2. Listen, we, we've done two years, two years in a row of shitting on Notre Dame. I've spent my whole life shitting on Notre Dame. But for once, I, I I can't shit on Notre Dame. It's their fourth ranked game in a row, bro. Fourth. They and 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 look at their away games, bro. They just played they they hosted Ohio State, then they were at Duke and then at Louisville back to back. Back to back. And now they host USC. And then they play Pitt and then they're at Clemson. Like, they have the hardest schedule in college football. Uh, you look at Sam Hartman. Oh, also, I don't know what the odds are. The odds are Notre Dame minus three, over under a set of 
Sam Hartman's unbelievable. I don't know why he doesn't get talked about enough for the Heisman. He's literally freaking amazing. Uh, Caleb Williams, also amazing. He's doing unbelievable things as well. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I think Notre Dame as O-line is spectacular, and I think Aldrich Estime is the best running back in college football right now. I think that they're going to bully them there, and they're going to slow the game down. We saw Arizona go up 17-0 to on, on USC. Yeah, they came back, but if Notre Dame goes up 17-0 on USC, they're fucked. They're fucked. I think the problem is, is Caleb Williams is having to do everything. And I think once they find a way to contain him and slow it down, I don't think he's going to – I think they're going to have to make other people have to step up. And I don't think that USC team has that. I think they really fucking rely on Caleb Williams. And I'm not blaming Caleb Williams for that. I'm just stating that this is literally his fucking team. Like, if you took him out, there's no other person you could puzzle piece in there. Yeah. Um, I'll talk about the game first, then I want to get into some other talking points that I want to address. Um, I'm taking Notre Dame money line, not minus three, by the way. Okay. First things first. Every USC game I watch, their defense just gives up an astronomical amount of points. Um, I don't necessarily look at this Notre Dame team, um, regardless of how talented they are. I just don't see them as like world beaters in terms of offensive firepower. They're a very methodical team under Kyle Hamilton. They do things the right way, and they put points up on the board. There's no like 60-yard bombs over the top. There's no crazy trickery. It's just hard-nosed football from the Catholic boys. So it's just – Good football overall. It's uh, Marcus Marcus Freeman, Kyle Hamilton's the safety for the Ravens. Oh my god! Yeah, he said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna come back, coach." <laughs> oh my god, that 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 may be up there with my Christian Leitner, Kevin Costner yeah. crossover. Um, holy shit! Anyway, that's clip by the way. That's a hundred. Yeah, oh, hundred percent, without a doubt. Um, anywho. Back to the game of hand, hand. As you can tell, I'm severely sleep deprived, so my brain just functions very poorly. Um, yeah, I think Notre Dame, despite not having like being an overpowered like kind of world beaters from the offensive standpoint, I just don't see USC's defense stopping them at all. Like, there's just no like unless Notre Dame shoots themselves in the foot and causes them to miss out on drives or have costly turnovers, I don't see that happening. USC wasn't able to force that out of San Jose State. They weren't able to force that out of a young Colorado team. They weren't able to force that out of anyone. They're just not able to slow teams down. For some reason, every time Lincoln Riley plays a team, he's like, what's the worst defensive game plan we can possibly come up with so we can just make Caleb Williams throw for 800 yards? Dude, who is their defensive coordinator? You think, like, if 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 you get Lincoln Riley, you're like, look, dude, I'm just going to get the fucking – I have all this money. I'm just going to pay the best defense coordinator, and then we're going to have the best team. But instead, they're like, how about more offense? Yeah. How about more? Yeah. Adding more. Like, I get the theory, like, hey, if we just score more points than everybody, it doesn't matter if we play defense or not. Like, we're That shit gonna... is not going to work in the Big Ten, though. Yeah, not at all. Does not work. Because the problem is in the Big Ten, you play these slow, grinded-out teams, you miss, like, one or two drives, guess what? It's halftime. Yeah. <laughs> points on the board, and you're like, well, that quarter went by extremely fast. It's not like the Pac-12 where it's like, Damn, we made a punt. We're going to get an interception here, score a touchdown. They're going to score in 36 seconds, and we still have 14 minutes and 38 seconds left on the yeah. clock. It's like, no, it's going to be a 17-play, nine-minute drive for a field goal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, So uh, the problem is, as easy as it is for me to take Notre Dame, everything in my body is telling me that there's no way USC is going to miss the college football playoff, and I just don't see them – 
But mm-hmm. USC is not the best team in the Pac-12. Washington and Oregon are the best teams in the Pac-12. Not disagreeing with you, but I, the best team doesn't always win the conference and make it. Yeah, to- but the, this USC team should have lost Arizona. The NCAA was like, "All right, call it in," and fucking <laughs> made them win that game. They should have lost that fucking game, dude. And then. 28 points put on them by Arizona State and then 41 by Colorado. And the Arizona game was at home. Yeah. And they're going to – they're going to – fuck, what's Notre Dame Stadium? South Bend, right? Isn't that what they call it? Yeah, it is. Um, two th- So the two things I wanted to bring up after this game, I guess I am going to take – you know, I'm going to stick to my gut. I'm going to stick with USC Moneyline. Uh, I just want to be – USC wanna- Moneyline? I'm going to go USC Moneyline. I'll have fun with it. Ooh, damn. Hey, hey, big dogs got to eat on on the way you eat if you go out and hunt. Um, But there's two things I want to say. Number one, the video that came out of the USC players uh, having coaches walk around with like weed killer, but instead filled with water and just spraying down the players to get ready for the weather. um, That is. I can't even tell you how ridiculous. I have not seen that, but that is the stupidest shit I've ever heard. Really, it's literally the punt returners getting ready to field the ball, and the coach is like six feet away with a weed killer filled with water, and he's just spraying him in the face. And he's just spraying him in the face. <laughs> just <laughs> the, dude, the dude just drops the punt, and they're like, this is what it's going to be like in South Bend. Rain's, <laughs> Rain's coming in sideways like Forrest Gump. Like, you, nothing you can do about it. They're just like, dude, dude. Do what any other team does. They just grab a hose and they wet down the footballs until it's soggy. Because who gives a shit if rain's in your face? Yeah. It's the wetness of the football. Like, yeah, that's fucking. I mean, that number two that I wanted to talk about was <laughs> I keep seeing talks about Lincoln Riley potentially <laughs> dipping his toes into the NFL world. That will end extremely ugly, in my opinion. Yeah. Extreme. Now, going as an OC understandable but not beneficial for his position considering he makes a lot of money at usc um i don't know if you've seen his house or his private jet but um i wouldn't leave anywhere i wouldn't i would just live practice would be at my house yeah like who cares like if i was him why not just build a facility right in your backyard so that way you can spend time with your kids and coach your team you know that's a real football guy fortunately this guy's not a real football guy unfortunately um, so yeah, I want to get that out of the way. As for Notre Dame, because I haven't really said much about them other than the fact that I mistook their coach for a starting NFL safety. Um, look, I'm a big fan of Sam Hartman. I'm a big fan of what they got building there. Um, I think the culture change there has been for the better. I think they're starting to get looked at in a positive light. And they don't run, they don't run for run from competition, as we've seen. You know, all these ranked games are tough, they build on you. It's even harder to continuously win those games. I mean, dude, you lost, you beat Duke by a touchdown. You lost to Louisville probably because you were just burnt out. Cause Hey, if I played Ohio state and lost on a last second touchdown. Cause I had 10 men on the field and then grinded it out with Duke. I probably wouldn't be mentally capable of game planning for this Louisville team. And that's unfortunately what happened. I don't even know the final score of the Louisville game. I just remember, uh, I have to look to see how bad they, they got lost bad. Yeah, so no, they lost by thirty three twenty. Lost by two touchdowns. Not terrible. Yeah, yeah, you just couldn't stop Louisville. Well, sixteen I... of the points were in the fourth. Mm. Sixteen of Notre Dame's points were in the fourth quarter. Louisville. Oh, 
Well, here's my thing. Has Notre Dame ever put up more than 40 points in a game this year? I don't think so. Well, they uh, better. Maybe their first game. They better. Yeah, yeah. They got 42, 56, 45, 41. Okay. Okay, okay that's good. The only it- non-40 games was Ohio State, Duke, and Louisville. <sighs> well, they're facing good news for them. Their offensive game plan this week is literally butter. Like, they yeah. just – have to look at the defense and say, figure it out. Like, we will score. Yeah. Dear God, figure it out. My bold prediction for this game. Ooh, I don't know if I have the balls to say it. Something to do with Aldrich Estime? No. What, why, why, why did you bring him up? Because he's a running back for Notre Dame. He's probably going to touch the ball 50 fucking times this game. Probably. Probably. Um, no, nah, my bold prediction was going to be that what Caleb Williams has one interception on the year. I have no idea, dude. I don't, I don't follow USC to be real with you. Yeah. See, the problem is it's a little contradictory because in my mind, I see USC somehow winning this game, but I also see Caleb Williams having like two turnovers off some like bullshit. Like for some reason, like I just see like this could be a very sloppy game in my opinion, like the sloppiest of slop. That, that benefits Notre Dame. Yes, I agree. I agree. Because Sam Hartman doesn't make any mistakes. I believe he does not have an interception on the year. No, he has three. I think, two came from Louis- I think two came from Louisville. Then he had zero prior to that game, so he has to have two. Because I don't remember throwing him any against Duke. Or, or wait, I may be thinking of Cade Klubnik, if I'm not mistaken. Cade Klubnik has picks. He has three interceptions. All three of them came versus Louisville. Told you. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Holy fuck. And he still put up 254 and threw two touchdowns. But he had sacked five times. Damn, is Louisville like that? Dude, they're defense, bro. Holy shit. They're defense, dude. But we gotta we gotta move on. I got I got Bragus. All right. Uh, Our next game, number 25, Miami. How the fuck they are still ranked is beyond me. At 730, going on ABC at 730, number 24, number 25 Miami traveling to number 12 UNC Miami 4 and 1 UNC 5 and 0 Miami coming off that embarrassing loss against Georgia Tech last week. This game is set at UNC minus three and a half. Zach, tell us what you think is going to happen Saturday night in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. What's going to happen Saturday night in Chapel Hill is indicative of what had occurred between Miami and Georgia Tech last week. And what I call those are monumental cultural failures. When you have a loss like that on a coach's failure, a lot of guys mentally fold for the rest of the season. Like they, you literally give up on your team because of shit like that. When you lose a game that's in your hands and you quite literally fumble it away because you don't want to take a knee, that that destroys you mentally. And then the fact that you had to come right off that loss, because it wasn't like, I always tell you, like, it's much it's much more difficult to beat a team coming off a loss and coming off a win. It's a lot harder to win a game when you just beat yourself. Like, they didn't even lose that game. They just beat themselves. And Georgia Tech, like, got blessed. Blessed. Like, by the powers above, I don't know. I don't know if Georgia Tech became a Catholic school in the offseason. I don't know if they switched their majoring from like engineering to like pastorism or whatever, but 
whatever happened was like a biblical level event. Cause I think this Miami team is on a downward spiral after a game like that. Bro, Georgia now- tech is the Kings of fucking crazy weird wins. That yeah. field goal block return against Florida state. And then that, I don't need to hear it. I've lived that nightmare years, years. Um, but the problem is now you're going up against a team that is severely better than Georgia tech. And you're playing at their house. Drake may probably going to do a lot of dirty things to you. He may throw a left-handed touchdown again. Who knows? He's going to do some weird shit. He's on his patty era, I guess. I don't even know what to call it. But he's been balling as of recently. I'm just not a big believer in Miami. Call up the Florida State in me. That's just not a believer in Mario Cristobal. But when you, I just have a hard time putting my faith in the teams that when just last week you, you quite literally pulled off the worst thing that could have ever happened on a college football field. Am I wrong? Like, I don't, I don't see this playing out any different. I just think UNC probably controls them a majority of this game and gets a very like boring win. Like you'd probably tune in and be like, Oh, it's 10 point lead, 13 point lead. Like Miami will score, make it a six point lead. And then UNC is just going to score again and just ruin it. Yeah. I'm going to, are you taking the money line or are you going to take three and a half? I'm going to take three and a half for UNC. Yeah. I'm also going to take UNC minus three and a half. I think first I want to look at uh, the, the, Let's talk about Miami first. Mario Cristobal is not that guy. He's been not that guy. He's got the Nick Saban curse, so everyone thinks he's that guy. But you hear all these stories coming out from when he was at Oregon about guys that did not like him and people saying that he is the reason Justin Herbert wasn't that guy in college. He's not that guy. He can recruit like a motherfucker, which is why Miami always stays relevant. But they he cannot fucking coach football, Zach. The, that game even being a four-point game in general is bad like this yeah. is a miami team that was talking about going to the playoffs talking about winning the acc and then you're in a four-point game with georgia tech that's fucking bad the other thing is too is like you're talking about the the breaking down the men first of all their offense sucks their offense has always sucked mark Ball is pretty good defensive guy the defense is not terrible their offense sucks how did they beat texas a&m texas a&m sucks <laughs> anyways um this team's given up the, the culture's giving up. They're going to bomb and get Crystal Ball fired. I'm very convinced of it. I'm very convinced of it. On the other hand, Drake May, dude, he has not been looking like what everyone was fucking riding his dick for. Like, they're getting very carried by their running back, Hampton, and he has eight touchdowns on four picks, and they haven't played nobody. Um, I mean, he shows glimpses of, of greatness, but people were saying he's going to win the Heisman and lead UNC the Natty. I don't think so. I think it's going to be one of those games where it's like, He's going to win. They're going to win by, like, 21, and you're going to be like, oh, my God, they manhandled them. But they really scored, like, 11 of those 21 points in, like, the last six minutes. Probably. Like, it's going to be one of those games, but I'm going to take UNC minus three and a half. Not going to watch it, though. This next game I might actually keep. We have Missouri at 730 on SC Network. Missouri traveling to number 24, Kentucky. Both teams just lost last weekend. Uh, The odds, Kentucky minus two and a half. Kentucky got absolutely – destroyed by Georgia. I, I'm going to pull up the score just to make sure I can read it to you guys. They lost to Georgia 51-13. to 13, Okay? They stay ranked. Missouri Missouri gets in a shootout with LSU, loses 49-39. to 39. They lose their ranking. I'm taking Missouri plus two and a half. I really like them. I love Luther Bird in the third. That kid is goaded, bro. He is so fucking good. Uh, I Devin Leary sucks, and it's shown time and time again. This Missouri team is fun. They're young. 
They're the new guy on the block. Like they have, they haven't been running the SEC, and they can compete. They are a little LSU ish though, which is what concerns me. Is they're they're more like we're gonna just keep scoring, and our defense will just fucking get a big stop. And as you see, it doesn't always work out. But I don't think Devin Leary is that guy. Even though it's at Kentucky, I don't give a shit. I'm gonna take Missouri plus two and a half. Yeah, um. This is one of those games where it's like you feel like it's a little bit of payback for Missouri because you look at the rankings and you're like, all right, you don't want to rank us despite all we've accomplished this year because you already threw us under the rug to begin with. So you didn't want to give us our recognition. Like, we're going to prove it to you. So, you know, I'm a big fan of their thicker kicker setting the SEC record. Um, that's, by the way, 5'11, 250 something pounds. So with the kicker. Boot. Yeah, with a boot and a butt. Kid's got a leg and a dream um, out there slanging it. Um, but no, I do like this Missouri team. I think they play in a lot of competitive games. No one gave them a shot against Kansas State. Everyone thought they were going to get murdered. And they went out there and balled. Uh, they did their thing, absolutely proved all the doubters wrong. And then this Kentucky team had a great game against Florida because they had like 200-plus rushing yards. But now I feel like they're more back down to earth than people realize. Like, that showing from Florida is like that team at its best. Like this is what Kentucky football looks like when they're playing their best football. You're not going to play your best football weekend and week out. I'm sorry. Like that's just not optimal. You're going to. What's the quote we always say? It's like. In high pressure situations, you don't rise to the occasion. You because lower the level of your training. Exactly. And that's where I feel like Kentucky just happened to meet. <laughs> happened to meet that expectation one time like they played out of skin it happens but this Missouri team has played pretty consistent all year long and I just don't see them shitting the bed against a Kentucky squad that isn't going to show them anything they haven't seen already this year from any other team you've seen top defenses you've seen top offenses you've seen mobile quarterbacks you've seen pocket passers you've dealt with pretty much everything so far this year just go out there and play your style of football and you have what it takes to win this game so I am going to take the Missouri money line in this I do like that pick. Welcome back, guys. Sorry I had to use the restroom. Uh, another game to keep your eye out on that we did not want to talk about because we really just don't give a shit is Washington State versus Oregon State. It's draft time, your favorite time on this podcast if you're still one of the four people listening at this point. Our draft today. Mm. Top five girl songs. Yeah. Or Top like girl – girly songs or just yeah, songs by, by girls that yes. a girl sings if you're a man that you most likely wouldn't be caught bumping to at the red light hmm. Zach I'm going to let you start us off because I don't think you're going to have my number one but I'm going to let you go first damn son it's like that um god damn. I can go first if you want I would rather you go first so yeah. I get a feel for okay. what we're My first pick in the girl-female artist draft for songs is Fergie, London Bridge. Yeah. That's a good one. It's like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. You ready for this? Yeah. Um, My number one, easily, Taylor Swift, 22. Uh, I think good one. I – Good one. I, I think I've jammed out to that more than I would like to admit. Um, 
I, I kind of was in my like Nickelback era. I was like, man, who put this shit on? And then I immediately turned around and I'm like getting rowdy up in there, just going crazy. Uh, my number two is going to be my Miley Cyrus Plastic Hearts. Ooh. You you might actually catch me jamming out to that one at the red light, though. <laughs> <laughs> that one's fucking fire. Okay, okay. Um, My number two um let me make sure i have the right name of the song i know who sings it um yeah i'm gonna take the song best known for in the titanic but it's celine dion uh my heart will go on um yeah very very on par with just the kind of music i listen to so celine dion you have made the cut congratulations my next song is X's and O's by L King. Mm. Was that three? That was three, right? What was it? What did you say? Who was it by? And what was the song called again? X's and O's by Ellie King. Um. Okay. I don't know the name, but would you say something King? Ellie King. Ellie King. Stop disrespecting a queen, bro. Oh, you just brought up a song that just came into my mind. Oh my god. Oh my god, please let me find it. Okay. Okay, I think we have it. Um now this is technically a Calvin Harris song. Okay, but like okay, that that that's acceptable. But Ellie Golding sings in it like whole mm. time. Um it's I need your love. Oh, that's gas. Yes. So that is my number three. Um, I'll just put it down as Ellie Golding. Um, I need your love. Okay. For number four, give me Miranda Lambert, Mama's Broken Heart. Dude, I could do fucking 50 of these. Yeah. Mama's Broken Heart. Um, all right, this next song is a country song just because I have to use it because I used to sing it all the time when I was in North Carolina. I love this song and I don't know why. Um I could use a love song by Marin Morris. Nice. I'm gonna go. I I had one I liked, but I'm gonna go country too, just because you said that. I'm gonna keep the I'm gonna keep the vibe of the love alive, as they would say. go for it this is not uh this is a band but their lead singer is a lady fuck there's so many i could do dude <laughs> our honorable mentions are gonna go crazy i can tell you that right now okay this is gonna be an honorable mention then i gotta i gotta go back to the other one i'm gonna do um wait, let me make sure i got it right give me a second give me a second give me um ain't it fun by paramore of all songs, you picked that one, dude. That one's fire. I thought you were gonna pick "Still Into You." That was the one I was gonna. Use. Oh, that one's good too. Misery Business is good too. I'm gonna go. No, nah, I think "Ain't It Fun's better. It gives me more of a. You know, our honorable mention. We'll just do their whole album. We'll just do their <laughs> whole. <laughs> the honorable mention that I was gonna do was um was "Downtown" by Lady Antebellum, and then okay. my other one was "Scars" by Alessia Scar, or excuse me, "Stay" by Alessia Scar. Alessia Cara. 
Yeah. So my number five, since you brought up Paramore and I don't want to reuse any picks, um, my number five is going to be low key. One of my favorite songs to jam out to in the car. Um, and it's boys, a liar part two. <laughs> By get the fuck out of here. Not even lying, dude. I will, I will put that on. And I'm, <laughs> oh my gosh, bro. I would also put, um, area codes. Oh, Ooh. MIA paper planes. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, you got everything she ain't by Haley Withers. You got Heart Like a Truck by Laney Wilson. Um, oh, um, I was gonna say Doja Cat and SZA had um Kiss Me More, which was a bop for got, the dude. The OG Super Bass by fucking Nicki Minaj. Oh my! The fact that we didn't have Nicki Minaj in yeah, this, yeah, fuck, dude. Yeah, we may have to just like add in this honorable mention part. Oh, um, um, um Fancy by Iggy Azalea. Yeah. Low-key banger. Low-key banger. No, no, it's a high-key banger. I know all the words. <laughs> but oh. I, gotta, I gotta get going. So, Zachary, thank you for your time. Fans, people, friends, family. Tyler Peterson, if you're on first to listening. Thank you guys for your time. Cox and Stowe, Culture Ball, Week 7, Episode 106. Zach, Watts, any last words? Um, Go Florida State. Go Florida State. Who do they play? Some shit team. Syracuse? Is this Syracuse? I think it's here. I think it's Syracuse. Yeah. 13 and a half favorites, I believe. I hope. Go Nelson.